Welcome back to Media Made Me here on the Brazilian Dragon Podcast. I am Felipe, and today I am with one of my favorite comics. He's also one of the kindest comics out there in the Los Angeles scene. It is Mr. Lonnie Dangerous. Lonnie, how are you doing today? Hola, buddy. Uh, I'm Lonnie Dangerous. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm a rapper, actor, comedian in Hollywood, and Felipe is also one of my favorite uh, comedians in the whole world. That's really the reason why I'm here, because if he tells me to jump in a can, I'll jump in a can. No, if I told you to jump off a bridge, please don't do it. Would you tell me to jump off a bridge? No, because I need okay. Lonnie Dangerous in my life. But... So then I don't have to worry about that. You see, I can trust Perfect. you. Lonnie, so you, you're a rapper, actor, comedian, very creative man. Um, and you live here in Los Angeles. We met as the Heidi's Hoes in Heidi's Heidi Langfield's uh, class. Uh, go check out her stand-up. But also, uh, Lonnie, tell us a little bit about you before we jump into, like, how media shaped your life. Uh, like, tell us a little bit about like your story. Uh, uh, my name is Lonnie. Again, I was born in Philadelphia. As a child, my um, dad traveled all over the United States. So I don't really have like a, besides Philly, I've been in every, I've been in every state, maybe only like two that I haven't been in, but I lived in Alaska as a child for a long time also. And uh, I had, I had, I had, when I was younger, I had a girlfriend who we were falling in love and she caught cancer and passed away. And at that moment, um, I thought to myself that I didn't want to live a life of uh, just regular life. I wanted to live the life of my dreams. And then I just decided that I would go to LA and I was already rapping, but I also wanted to be an actor and I wanted to be a comedian. So I thought I would try to pursue them full time. And it's just been a dream of my life. I didn't know that part about your story. Um, my condolences. I know it's no, like, no problem. It was a long uh, time Thank ago. you for sharing. But uh, yeah, I'm so glad you moved to LA because we got to meet. We got to become homies. Um, yes. And uh, so obviously you're out here doing your thing, living the dream, yes. pursuing the dreams. Um, what uh, was your first interaction with media that you remember that you were like, oh, I love this stuff, whether it's music, a movie, a TV show? a stand-up special like what's the earliest one that you're like this is what i would love to do what's funny is that um when i was little like i said traveling around um the thing that really got me was the movie theaters because when i was a little kid you would go into the movie theater and it would have this smell and it's like popcorn and candy and then it had like this sticky dirty floor and even the chairs were kind of weird and no matter where i went that was consistent. No matter where you go, there's popcorn and you're sitting down. And it's it's a group thing, but it's also an isolated thing too. So you're watching the movie with your family, but you're also doing it by yourself too. So I just fell in love with the movies and everything that was up there. And it just seemed so surreal. So I, I always thought that that would be something I would love to do, to be in movies. So that was the first time, I think. Love it. Do you have any specific movie that you remember like being one of your first movie theater experiences? <sighs> It's so funny because um, I was watching a TikTok this morning and uh, in my head, um, I think it's a Disney Sound of the South. Uh, when I was a little kid, and uh, I don't know why it stuck in my head, but as a little kid, um, Br'er Rabbit and all that whole scene. And I was watching on TikTok how the, why they removed it. And I don't think it really panned on me on how racist it was at the time, but that part of the movie... As a kid, I would, I loved it. You know what I mean? He's dancing, he's singing, he's having a great time. Yeah, I've never Uber seen that on your shoulder. full movie because it's probably been banned, uh, like for so many years. Like it's super racist. That's why they're changing the rides and everything. Yeah. But I've never seen, like I've only seen clips that they would have in like the Disney sing along songs, um, <laughs> like for Zippity Doodah. But, yeah, that was like, one of my I've favorite songs been, in the whole world. I, 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 can, been, I can give you that. I can sing it by my ear right now but uh, what i was thinking was when they were showing the tiktok today it was a black guy who's explaining how he wasn't explaining he was just showing you how problematic it was now looking at it and uh, i remember my parents took me to it and it was such an exciting thing and i was dancing afterward and i there's a whole thing about tar babies and the whole thing and it just it's a weird experience because it's something that made me fall in love with the movies and now that i'm an adult like what the hell did i fall in love with yeah, Lonnie. Lonnie's first experience with loving movies was a racist movie. 
At least I'm being honest. I'm keeping it real with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was the first thing that I knew. Zippity doo It just and when I was watching it today, I was like, oh my god, because he's like, they they. I was a kid, so I couldn't understand racism or stuff like yeah. that. So it was just a good time. But when they're explaining today, Brer Rabbit was a slave who was trying to free himself, and they were telling him, if you do that, you'll get in trouble. You should just stay here and be happy. And then it shows later on. They show Brer Rabbit being lynched. <laughs> And I'm like, I never see that. Yeah, I don't know the story from the ride, Splash Mountain, but, uh, and then, like, I knew of the story, like, I, like I said, I only saw the clips in the sing-along songs, but, like, I know this movie is abhorrently racist, um, and is apparently banned in the United States, right, um, these days. Like, it will never hit Disney+. Plus. Um, but Lonnie and Hustle, I really love that movie, so I won't even ever get to see it again, you know what I mean? It's not something i you could probably bootleg like it if you really tried hard enough. You think I should ask black people to see if I can get the? You guys got the bootleg of sound of music. In- <laughs> you, should, you should talk. You should bring this up in your stand-up side. Be like, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking. Incorporated. I think there's a lot of funny stuff there. <laughs> you have some really funny jokes about uh, your black identity and growing up in Alaska and what oh, it was yeah. like to be black in Alaska. I like it. Yeah, I have. Um, I have. I have. I'm working on a new set right now, and then one of them uh, is about how it's such so weird that people, like, if I say I'm from Alaska, that's a weird thing, you know what I mean? As if only Santa Claus, Eskimos, and crazy white people could live there, you know what I mean? Like, someone uh, has to make those toys. The elves <laughs> are not working for those wages anymore. <laughs> I'm like, Sprinkles, you got my hammer? <laughs> This is Lonnie Dangers, everyone. If you're in Baltimore, coming up, Lonnie yeah, Dangers will be there. Tuesday, uh, oh, the 30th, June 30th. Well, this, might, this also might release after because I want to get all the episodes That's together. That's okay. Before I they can them. say that I did promote it. I promoted it. Yes. Thir- June 30th at the Lou Room in Baltimore. Sold out show, first one. Second one's close to being sold out. So everyone, get the tickets as you can. So excited for my guy, Lonnie Dangerous. Traveling as a comedian? Yeah. This is what time. dreams are made of. I know, right? Yeah, um, I'm excited. So- I mean, I'm excited that I got to share it with you. Yes, I, I wish I could pack up in your suitcase. Do you want to? I would I'll, try, I'll, but I'm too chunky. I'll move my fit. shirts to the side a little bit. But you yeah. got to keep down like this. <laughs> you don't need as many hats as you're packing. No, not on this head. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, growing up, like, did you have any favorite, like, when you were a little kid? Besides Song of the South, were there any like? early like cartoons or like movies that like you really love like as a kid that you were like oh this is so cool like storytelling is super cool and imaginative and fun i know you're probably drawn to comedies um but like any dramas that were like ripped your heart out that like little lonnie was crying i told you that uh my two favorite movies well i knew that we talked before and i know that you love anime but i told you that my two favorite movies in the whole world are prince of egypt and um what's the other one uh, French of Egypt, and then there's one more that's just like that one. What is it? Oh, called? Uh, El Dorado. No, oh. Prince of Egypt, and Aladdin. That one's about Prince of Egypt about Moses, and then the other one is about I can't remember, but both of them are heart wrenching. Very oh uh, no, I just I had it at the top. The Lion King. The Lion oh, King. Oh, I thought yeah, you were gonna Lion say Veggie Tales. <laughs> And I, I love you grew up religious, dogs. right? So that's huh? you grew up religious, right? So I was I like, did. oh, maybe maybe it's just the religious animated movies that he loves. You know what? I was raised religious, but my parents were heathen, so it's weird, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, so anyways, you were saying The Lion King and The Prince of Egypt. Yeah, because those to me, those aren't comedy ones. They're very heart-wrenching ones. You know what I mean? The Prince of Egypt, Moses, and like that was a sad story. And then uh, The Lion King, Mufasa, and his dad, and the Spoilers. whole Scar thing. Yeah. It was just too much. But it's like right here. If you play it right now, I'll sit up and I'll watch it. I almost... I know that they're plays, but I don't want to watch the plays because I don't want them to ruin the great thing image that I have in my head of these two epic films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you like these movies that mix music and uh, storytelling? Because as a musician as well, like, I mean, the Lion King soundtrack goes real hard. Prince yeah. of Egypt also has a great soundtrack. The Whitney Houston Mariah Carey song in the credits. Ooh, baby. Okay. Um, you know, I really do. Uh, it's weird, but I, f- 
thought that I don't like musicals. I thought because, you know, it just seems we're like, if me and you're having a conversation like, hey, Felipe, what are you doing? I don't think that that's like real life. You know what I mean? So I feel like weird. But and then I realized that it, through my life, there's so many musicals that I love, like Breaking. I mean, you could go the list. They just don't seem like musicals when they when I'm watching them. But then yeah. I realize that people are dancing and moving around in them. So they are musicals. So I do do. I do do. I, <laughs> I do love musicals. It just takes a certain kind of musical. But I grew up with sisters, so there's so many that could drive me crazy. Like Mama Mia, like that would we used to play so many times in my household that I just wanted to like, like here, just one more time. If we do it one more time. Yeah. Um, so uh what uh TV shows did you watch growing up that you absolutely adored that like were very uh important to Lonnie Dangerous or <sighs> Uh, I, my the TV was my babysitter, so uh, I think that um, and I thought that would give me an edge in rapping, acting, and comedy. That I have, I think I put in a lot of hours on TV. So they're like nine hundred two one zero, Martin. I mean, the vast majority. My parents, my mom used to be into uh, Dallas and Knott's Landing and stuff like that. Matlock. I just been started watching Matlock again. So it, like. I love like a whole wide range of like all types. As long as it's dope, because even Temptation Island, I gave it a chance the other day just to see if it was going to be good. You know, I feel like you have to watch something two times. After two times, if it's not good, then it's not good. But you at least have to give it two shots. You know what yeah, I mean? For so, me, a TV show, I generally like to give it at least four or five episodes to really okay. give it a chance. Yeah. Okay. Because like I feel like the first couple episodes of the show finding itself, but then if you can get to the but now a lot of these TV seasons are like eight episodes anyway, so then you just have to power. Th I usually power through if I'm not enjoying it. Even after it's weird five. because this seems like when you really start liking them, those are the ones that end really quickly, and yeah. then the ones that you don't like they last for like eight thousand years. I saw yeah. 1886 the other day. Have you heard of that? Is that the Yellowstone show? Yeah, the prequel. Okay, with Harrison Ford. Or is that the uh, other prequel? That no, um, what's Toby, Toby Keith? Is that his name? Toby Keith? Keith Toby? 1883? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's in this? Sam Elliott? Yeah, Sam Elliott. Tim McGraw, Faith Hill. Tim McGraw, that's singers? his name. Tim McGraw. Oh, now they're acting? There's a lot of stars in it. These are a lot. Wait. Oh, isn't, aren't they Tim McGraw and Faith Hill? Aren't they like singers? Yeah, he's a country western singer. Oh, she's in it too. Oh, yeah, she is in it. See, there's so many stars. Well, they're country, so the whole mo show's about country and beginning of America, so it fits with their whole musical mm. style. It's a good show, and I'm not. I really, I'm anti cowboy. I vote for the Indian all the time. But how about you? You got any shows that you like? I just watched Black Mirror last night. Ooh, uh, I haven't seen it yet. People um, said it's one of the best shows ever. What do you think? I like Black Mirror. Um, I like some episodes are really transcendent, but then there's like a lot of episodes that like aren't as good. And so I feel like the peak that like, since every episode is different, it's like an anthology series. Mm. I think like people like really hype up the really great episodes that are tremendous. But then like, it's like some of the episodes that are weaker are not that great. Like they're just mm. like fine. Um, so I think they're like elevated by the really great episodes. And then um, I, I, I think there's like, even if you don't watch the whole show, if you're not like a nerd like me that likes to complete everything that you start, um, there are definitely some episodes I would highly recommend for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I want to watch it. I might, I might check it out. Yeah. Uh, the first episode is a very like, so the first episode is one that either like gets people hooked on the show or they like are like, absolutely not. It's mm -hmm. uh, about how this like, um, terrorist organization wants the prime minister in the uk like they will kill a couple of hostages they have unless he has sex with a pig damn on camera. damn so, yeah that's does a, he have sex with the pig on camera do you want the spoilers i'm scared <laughs> do you want the spoilers <laughs> no no let me watch okay will he like the whole episode he? is them trying to like figure out a way that he doesn't have to do it so then uh, oh. it's like about technology a lot of them um, and what do you mean by have sex with it? Like, like sex in the, in the butt of the pig? Mm -hmm. yep. Isn't that um, abuse to the pig? Yeah. Because he doesn't consent to it. 
It, I think it would be, but this mm-hmm. is the only way that they can save the princess or whoever. Yes, yeah, so there's no way that they're gonna have a pig raping on TV. I just feel I don't know if I'm right or not. Well, then like and they no don't way. actually do it on the show itself. Like they have like animal safety laws that they couldn't. No, have. I mean they wouldn't even. I don't think that we're at that stage in our society that we'd be okay with an assumed. Yeah. Pig raping. Like if I told you I got on top of a pig last night and I raped it. You can put that on TV. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, but we'll yeah. see. I'll well, watch that's what I was watching. Um, also, uh, Jet Lag the Game. Highly recommend it if you like. Jet Lag the Game? It's a YouTube show where these guys, they like play a different board game using like international travel as like their board. Like there's like tag season where they're like on trains and they're playing tag across Europe. On the train? Yeah. They're literally like, like filming you, themselves. Your it tag? Yeah. The, like so, and then one of them run is down running, the train, and then he and runs then down the like, train, and someone else chases him down the train. Well, then, well, they have a head start, so then it's like they're trying to get to this destination. They're trying to catch up to them using like the train system. I'll check it out. Jet yeah. lag, the game. Yeah. That's um, have you seen Spider Verse yet, Lonnie? Uh, I think so. The new one. <laughs> you know, I think I gave up on all the Spider Mans. No, this one's with Miles Morales. You gotta check it out, Lonnie. Oh, okay. It's the one that's in my stand-up joke. Yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm... That's the only time. Sometimes I feel like you let me into the cool group, and then sometimes I feel like I'm just left out of the cool group. Money. You know you're I mean? money dangerous. You're, you're I know, but I mean, I'm still, like, black. You know what I mean? I can't catch up with everything. You know what I mean? I try, but this I can't. This black you know? Spider-Man. I see... Okay, okay. Now, I did see the beginning of that. Is that the animated one? Yes, and then the sequel okay. that's out now in theaters that's doing phenomenally in the box Okay, office. so I'm going to go to the movie theaters today. So maybe I'll go today and see that. You got to watch it. You, dude, okay. you will Spider-Verse. love it. See, now that's, I tried if to see like the one anime, earlier. Like, if you love animation, like they do such a cool thing. Like This is such a visual piece of art. As well as just like an incredible story, I think you will love this one, Lonnie. When I seen the it, one on TV me. of him as the Black Spider Man, I was just I seen it in passing, and I stopped and I wanted to see more, but I didn't know which one it was, and I couldn't find out about it. So I would love to see that. The one. animated Spider Verse movies are the ones with Miles Morales, and that's the okay. one, especially if you like are, care about like Black superheroes representation. He's also Afro Latino, so he's representing both of us. You know, Afro-Latino is what I really want to be. You know what I mean? Uh, you, uh, you have this phenomenal joke that you like to open up. Can I, can I say it? To the of listeners? course you can. It's the one that you're uh, Magic Johnson's other son. <laughs> no, Are you I don't a have basketball any, kid growing up? Or did you just like embrace that because people kept saying you look like Michael, sorry, Magic Johnson's son? <laughs> no, I think that. Everywhere I get, went, everyone kept saying that, hey, you look like Magic Johnson. Hey, you look like Magic Johnson. And then after a while, like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Magic Johnson. Because I can't say I'm Magic Johnson's son because he has a son. But, you know, I mean, I'm, the, I'm the other son. You know yeah. I mean? um, so, but are, did you grow up watching basketball? Are you a basketball fan? Are you a sports fan at all? Uh, I'm a Kobe. I'm a Kobe fan, but Kobe passed away. Uh, so I'm kind of a Laker fan, still like a LeBron. But I'm not like into sports sports you know what i mean i'm boycotting the i don't know if this will get me in trouble but i'm boycotting the nfl until they bring cat back and i don't think they'll ever bring cat back so i'm just gonna stay over here honestly it's just like a very homoerotic sport if you ask me football it's very it's very i want to say it also it's also it's a slavery too because it's like black guys killing their cell it's mandingo fights right there in front of us and i feel weird about it but yeah, no, I like some sports, but I'm into the weird sports. Like, I love okay. gymnastics. I think it's so oh, cool just okay. watching people flip around during the Olympics. Okay, okay. Um, I, like I do volleyball. like gymnast. You're what a gymnast, the other one? Huh? You're a gymnast? No, I said I do like gymnast. <laughs> what, 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 do you, what was the other sport you volleyball said? Volleyball is fun to watch. Oh, I do love volleyball. Growing up, that was my favorite sport of it's all It's so much sports. fun to play also. I wish they had, like, rec courts here, like, in a park or something where you could just yeah, break the Yeah, I agree to that. I agree to that. And uh, the girls always seem to be the most muscular in volleyball. Like, I don't know why. But yeah. beach volleyball, I would love to, like, be on the beach and play volleyball. That would be it's, nice. Yeah, no, let's do it, Lonnie. Let's get, let's get the comedy you. squad. Let's get Pastor that. Bill out there. Pastor Bob. Bill. Dahlia, Dahlia, Heidi, 
Heidi, uh, Heidi Ho, Heidi Ho. I, when I went to the five o'clock uh, open mic, I told everyone, hi, I'm Lonnie. I'm Heidi's Ho. I'm the bottom bitch. Okay. It only Heidi works for Heidi instructor there. for those that are kind oh, of. Yeah, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I'm just giving the, I'm letting the audience. Also, I want to say this that I want this out there on the record that I went to the class with Felipe the first time, and then uh, they were going to do this class the second time. And I only went back to do the second class because of Heidi, Felipe, and Dahlia. They Cross are the, the best. They made me, no. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. No, but I really like, I needed that type of environment around me for a while just to feel comfortable. So I, I appreciate me working with you guys. So I've been only doing stand-up for just a little over six months now. Like, and. Oh. I love the flapper scene specifically because I feel like it's a very collaborative and diverse group mm -hmm. of comics. Yes. Like yes. Um, I've right. met so many cool people like you, Dahlia, who's going to be on this podcast as well. Heidi, Sean, Pastor Bill, like Bob, uh, Darius, like so many great people. Allie. Oh my God. I miss Allie. Allie. Yeah. I, I thought you guys were like close. We are. I just, we just have to well, tell her out. I said, hello. I think uh, she's so beautiful. She's like this. But she's so beautiful. She's like Thumbelina. I think she's the hottest Thumbelina I've ever seen in my whole life. And she's doing hip-hop dancing. You know what I mean? It's cool to see like a hip-hop dancing in a body like this tall. And I just want to put her in my pocket. Oh, you little thing. She's hilarious, too. Have you heard about her stepstool, Bertha? Yes. And that's yeah. hilarious, too. And, you know, my mom is one of those. I think my mom's 5'1". So I, that's what I'm used to. And my sister, too. So I yeah. love little ladies. They're the best in the whole world. So you grew up in a household full of, like, strong women you've talked about yes. in your comedy classes with me. Um, how did the their media perspectives shape you? Because I know, like, for me, at least, like, some of, like, my culture was brought through my parents. And, like, that's also part of what shapes me. So even, like, in the media that I consumed, like, the Brazilian media that, like, shaped my personality, how did, like, the content that you grew up with, like, the people in your household shape you as the human that you are today and your personality. <laughs> One, I, I think, I think that I am um, a feminist. I think that I'm pro woman, but I could be wrong because I have had some lesbians tell me that I'm a male chauvinist pig. So I will own that and I will work on it. But I feel that I grew up around women. So I love women. I love spending time with women. I love sitting and talking with them. I don't, it doesn't really have to be sexual. A lot of my best friends are women too. Like, I feel like I'm a lesbian trapped in a woman's body. I keep the toilet seat down all the time. That's just who I am. Like I said, I don't like, a lot of my friends are lesbians. I don't like going to like, I don't like all that man rah, 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 rah. I'm more like, you know, even when Lonnie I Dangerous younger, is a sensitive boy. He likes being in touch with his emotions. And I feel like- Okay, he okay, okay. Speak on it, girl. He doesn't- Speak on it. He doesn't uh, align with my perception of toxic masculinity. He's very okay. like, um, like he doesn't uh, subscribe to all that. Like men have to be this, man can't show No, emotion, no, I don't, I really like, hate that we have to be put in those roles because I feel that I'm in touch with my feminine side and I don't like anyone telling me what it takes for me to be a man. I cry, I have issues, I stumble, I'm very emotional, but I'm just as bad as everybody else. And what, yeah. first of all, why is man strong and women weak? Women are having babies. There, that's a I can't have a baby. It's not gonna come out of my butthole. And if it was, I would never have a baby ever again. That would be the last baby we ever have. Okay. Yeah. No. When they I... say you have to have balls, like you have to have balls, like a vagina's a vagina takes a beating. You know what I mean? It's bleeding. It gets up. It comes back. It comes back stronger. Women are stronger than men. That's my take Hell here. Yeah. Like. Uh, they also have to like deal with like so much more than men do like they Great. they already like disadvantage society like in society they have to fight Great. so much more and they like continue to like prove their resilience like listen we're two men talking about women's issues here is so that we, crazy no well, this women. needs to be that that needs to be something that we as men need to speak out for women and i do feel that like even in comedy like if i have in, in all my art if there's a space and there's women there, I try to give them more space in that place because I feel that they deserve respect. Also, they're my equal, so there should yeah. be no problems at all. You know what I mean? That's why I went to Heidi because I feel that Heidi is just as, if not, she's really better than a lot of these men instructors. Oh my know? God, so Heidi, so 
Uh, open mics can be wild places. Uh, you know, there was a guy at an open mic this week who wrote an original song about called um, I, I, Lonnie. You know who it is. Uh, it's a, it's a, he wrote a song about a woman's flow. Um, so, <laughs> see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? And Heidi ripped him apart afterwards. Oh. And I was so happy. On stage or after? Yeah, so Heidi was after him. So I was oh, like, okay. okay, perfect. So oh, um, that's like why we need like, we need to, like Heidi's goal is to include more women in these open mics. It's oh, so okay. cool seeing like different personalities on these stages because like Lonnie can talk about what his experience being a black man in America is. I can talk about my experiences being Latino and like women can talk about being women. Dahlia, I love Dahlia sets because they're non-binary so they can talk about that type of stuff. So like uh, everyone's story is different. Like their uh, vulnerabilities on stage is why they are allowed to, like they're sharing these pieces of them with you um, and allowing you to laugh with them. Agreed. And I think that um, since I've story. been here, there's a, there's, sorry, there's, there's a lot of men. It's a lot of white men. And in mm. and, and comedy and mu movies and music, there's just a, like a lot of white men in power. And it's not that they're bad people, but I'm only getting the perspective of the white m heterosexual male. And I would like to have, be influenced by a diversity of voices. Which is why I love Sean and Heidi's room, the open mic on Wednesdays, too, and I'm going to miss Sean's presence. And also I'm like, okay. what's life going to be like when Heidi and Sean are both gone for a few months before Heidi comes back from vacation? Uh, because they are very inclusive. Like Heidi uh, is a queer woman. Sean is biracial. Uh, he's black and Vietnamese. And like, it's a very diverse room. Like even yeah. the like white men like are very like welcoming. Like I yeah. feel like the people that I would not be friends with outside of this comedy scene, like they're all super welcoming. Even like the people who are like kind of people I would never associate myself in real life with. Uh, they, are you about to tell like, me who those are? Are you going to tell me who those I, are? I'll tell you offline. Like, I, I, I probably will never hang out with some of these people outside of this scene, but I don't feel uncomfortable being myself in this room. Whereas there's yeah. other open mics, especially like I've heard stories from my stand-up friends who are uh, women and non-binary. Like there are some toxic stand-up open mic sets where like it's just like, just all this misogyny and transphobia. It bothers and, me as a heterosexual man. Yeah, but also like racism too. Like, and, oh, ra they have to tell you, please yeah. don't do rape jokes. How? Why do we have to tell you? Why do we have to, to announce this at that every jokes? week? Like, there. That's why I think these spaces need to be more inclusive, and um, that's like also what I would like to do with any like power that I have in this industry is like create spaces, create dialogue for people to feel more comfortable in these environments so that people can show off their crafts. Like when I moved out here, I, there's still a lot of things that like, I don't even know where I want to go with this industry, whether it's like movies, TV shows, like, but I do want to use whatever platform I have to like advocate for diversity and like different stories being like elevated. And that's why I like doing this podcast is like hearing all these different people. Like we're going to talk to all these different types of guests, uh, not just like diverse in terms of like race, gender, sexuality, but also like diverse in interest. Like Lonnie's in the music and stand up scene and like acting, whereas like someone else I talked to on the series, Latanya, she's a podcaster and a content creator in terms of like uh, movie and TV criticism and uh, like cultivation and like um, like recaps versus like my friends Deja and Divey, they do uh, YouTube uh, stuff uh youtube content creation and like dolly is also stand up and like but also works in content creation so we're gonna have lots of different perspectives on this series um Lonnie, don't forget about you because you're a beautiful person and that's why we all come because you're such a beautiful guy and you give off such a great vibe positive and loving even when you're going through stuff you still take take time to be positive and loving to other people so I that's why I that, you. wherever you go i'm going with you take me out to dinner and treat me to these kind words um, tell me about the, do that. the figure we'll, we'll behind you, the Lonnie Dangerous original, but like, who's this critter behind you in this poster? Tell us about them. Uh, okay, so um, when I was a little kid, I had, I don't know if they're dreams or daydreams, but I had these visions of me being here in Hollywood, going, doing auditions, going to acting. I seen myself living these, this life. So when I started to do, like I said, when I wanted to live the life of my dreams, I thought I wanted to synergize those two. So that the little boy who used to dream about it 
gets to look at the guy who now is doing it. So it's really the two of us working together. And I yeah. hope that as far as I go- Is there a way you can go, move that... your camera so we can see the full poster? Because we only see it cut up a little bit. Love it. That's Lonnie Dangerous. It's the name everyone. of my album. He's the character on all my albums. Lonnie Dangerous, the ambitions as a writer. There's part one, part two, part three. But I always want to have him in me forever. No matter how old I grow, I always want to be a kid at heart. And I always want to remember that this isn't by chance. This is my destiny. And this is what I was meant to do. So... Yeah, no, this is um something that I've been thinking a lot about. Like, this is, I think, why we connect is because we both, like, kind of identify as, like, big boys, like, like kids that, like, are in adult form. Like, I exactly. have been working on this concept called boy adulting, where I feel like I'm a little boy who's going through life as an adult, like, and just, like, having fun. And that's why I think we connect, because we both, like, still, like, embrace our inner childhood a lot of times and, like, I let, agree. let him agree. Uh, be free. But as a musician, can I ask like what your early experiences with music were? Who are some of your music influences? Um, like, what do you love about music that's different? Because this is something I can't relate to. I'm not a musician. So um, I want to know like why that form of storytelling is so powerful and why you're so drawn to it. And like, then like, who are some of your favorites as well? All right. Um, first, um, besides I'm Faith Hill and Tim McGraw. <laughs> I love 18 Seal. You can't, I can't quit you. No, I just, uh, uh um, first, I'm from Chester, Pennsylvania. It's like right outside of Philadelphia, but um, it experienced white flight when I was maybe even before I was there. there was World War World War II. It was a place where they made all the war stuff, but then after the war was over, all the white people left it, and it became like it's like a black reservation, if I can say it. So where I'm from, there's only one high school, and there's two electives, and the electives are. For boys, it's auto. So you go to a garage and you work on cars. And for girls, it's home ec. And you go into a kitchen and you work on food. So being a, a rapper in music was the only way that I could be expressive as an artist in that environment. And also that um, if you could, if you could learn how to speak well in those environments if you're smart with alec or you have quick comebacks and that's what i used to do like if you say something about my mama i would get on your mama for really good so you put those two together and the music around there that's one thing that black people in those reservations it's like drugs like when you have like a bad day you can put on this music and you can transform yourself to somewhere else so that's something that is prevalent you know what i mean like and i didn't realize that it's prevalent, but not everyone was doing it. Everyone listens to it. Everyone enjoys it, but not everyone can do it. Mm -hmm. So when I started learning about it, I started getting good. And all my friends were like, oh, I started making songs. And when I started making songs and listening to them, they would give them out to my other friends. Like, listen to this. Listen. They would listen to it and they would play it. And i go places and go on parties. My songs would be playing in the parties. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. So I was like such a big deal. So as, as I got better... I would write songs. People would take the lyrics of those songs I wrote and they would tattoo them on their bodies. Like, and like that's when I'm like, oh, this is like something totally different than other things that I've ever done. And uh, I was really writing the stuff about the problems I was having in my own personal life. You know what I mean? My yeah. abuse, the household, being poor, all these things. And my friends could relate to it. So it was like kind of like I could be a diary, but other people could relate. So now we're getting this music that is kind of like feeding each other. So that kind of made me feel good because now I had like a family. Even though I had a broken home, the music gave me a family. You know what I mean? People would ask me, hey, could you come over here and do the song for, I want to hear you do this song. So then I would do this song for this person or they would, I want you to come over here and write a song for this. So everywhere I go, people would ask me to do my voice and pick the music. So I thought, hey, this is something. So I felt like, just like a guy who sells candy, I became like someone who distributes candy to the people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where I got that from. That no, and sense. I love that. Um, so was you started doing music before you did comedy, right? I mean, you were yes. always probably a jokester knowing you. You were probably like yes. a class clown. Yes. Uh, but like, yes. was this your first like um, uh, form of like creativity, like for the uh, other people as opposed to just yourself? Like, was this your first music? Uh, experience? Music? Yeah, music. Making music. Uh, like at first, I started. I think I started doing poetry, writing like poetry. Poems. Okay, cool. And then you write poems for girls and like stuff like that. But also, um, 
I was a dancer. Oh, I was a dancer and a singer. Uh, rap groups at that time, first of all, it was breaking, but rap groups needed dancers. So I mm -hmm. couldn't rap. So they would get little kids like my size, uh, some little now, but it was even cuter, a little guy who could dance. But oh, no, wait. My sister said I looked like Gary Coleman. So, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so I would go around all the time going, what you talking about, Willis? And that was, uh, <laughs> And that was my thing. No matter where we go, like, what you talking about, Willis? And people yeah. would love that. So I would constantly be imitating Gary Coleman and doing his dances. So I always think every since I was born, my parents used to party. So since I was born. So you were always I, a performer. From day one, when I was little, they had parties. They would wake me up in the middle of the night and tell them to come out and dance in front of their friends. Like, come out, show them the dances you got, show them the dances. So I would get, you know what I mean? Like, I was excited about it. Um. So uh, with the music, do you write about the same stuff that you do comedy or do you try to keep those two forms of art separate like, and have different things that you write about? Because they are different types of art form that like, you can, they're both very you personal. Really ask, you really ask the good questions, really. Those are those, seriously. Because um, that's a good question. Uh, between me and you, when I first came here for as a rapper, um, I was funny, but I wasn't a comedian. And as a rapper and being the funny guy, uh, people would invite me to go places because I was funny. So then I just started telling people I was a comedian. So then they started taking me places. But while I was a rapper, I had a producer and we were talking about how I was going to be able to turn, do comedy. Because I was just afraid because I felt that music and hip hop, you have to be serious. You can't be, they don't, they don't like all that jokester stuff. So you have to be serious. So I didn't want anyone taking my rapping as a joke, but I wanted to be a com comedian too. So I had to work a lot of, ye almost like three or four. Lonnie, where'd you go? So Lonnie's internet cut out. So we're just going to keep chugging along for a little bit. I'm just going to send him a text. Where'd you go? Device is not connected. Okay. Honey, where'd you go? I don't know. That's what I was like. What? I was in the middle of talking. Just yeah, me I, out. I, I didn't kick back. you out. No, something kicked me out. So I can't. It said you're out. You want to come back in? All right. No, but um, I was saying that it took me a long time to try to get to the point of being a comedian because I was so focused on being a serious hip hop artist. And I thought being funny was just something I do for me and my close friends. I didn't know how I could be a serious rap artist and a comedian at the same time and even now i think i struggle with it but i feel like i'm just being myself so there's no i don't have to worry about it from just being myself yeah your authenticity is one of your biggest superpowers like you are someone in my life that i really appreciate how true to yourself you are um Likewise. that's like actually something i really appreciate about a lot of the comics that we've met through um heidi's house and like the other classes and uh open mics is that like their authenticity? There's a couple of people I've met who are like actively very performative and trying to put on this presentation of what they think is funny. But you are a hundred percent you all the time. I feel and, the same like, about you too. And I saw I also it. you have I think that you are very brave because I feel that my me letting allowing people to be into my world, there are places that I'm very comfortable that other people aren't comfortable, so it's easy for me. But I feel that you are really like open. You like totally allow people to totally see you, all of you. And I haven't got to that point yet. Well, you know what I mean? Honestly, like sometimes I feel like insecure because then I see other people like doing like very like observational humor, which uh -huh. like in the very first class I took with Paul. Paul was like, oh, we're going to focus on doing like individualized humor. Like what's your story type of humor? Like talk about yourself. And then, so I kind of never really got the memo until halfway through this last class that we were in that I was like, oh, we can like talk about whatever. We don't have to like still be talking about us. So like, <laughs> I was like, that's why I was, I think I was really struggling with this last set where I was like reaching for like, I did three minutes on rehab, but otherwise I was like, I don't know. I can talk about the time I worked at a summer camp and kids are toxic. I can talk about like this other like aspects, but like, I'm like, I've done so much about me already. Like I kind of want to talk about like movie and TV takes that I think are funny that like I have like the Harry Potter one that I have about how like it's ridiculous that no one got licensed in that, in that school. Um, but like, I, I feel like, sharing the hat. But, like everyone sharing everyone's the been doing observational stuff. And I felt like not that I got left behind, but that I didn't allow myself to try these new types of things. So I am going to try to work on that type of observational stuff. But like, I do think like it was important for me to like, 
learn how to be vulnerable on stage first, like just like rip everything apart and just yeah. like be there and like hope that it's funny. But if it's not, I think that's way like better. I think it's way your better than humor. At least I get to know who you are, number one. And, and I um, want to I... have both in my sets moving forward because yeah. I really think okay. that like it's important to like, because I think it's important to know who I am, but also like once you get to know who I am, you can also kind of understand the way I observe the world. So if like right. I have this really hot take on Pop-Tarts, not to go full Jerry Seinfeld, but like if I have this specific take on Pop-Tarts, it's because you learn about who I am up front. And that's like something that Paul and Heidi and Casey and Maxie and all the different mentors, Sean, and like, of course, how like many my do you classmates. have? What? You got like a hundred of them. How many These are all have? the people that like I see as comedy mentors in gotcha, uh, gotcha, like, gotcha. Um, of course, you're a comedy mentor. Uh, but like we met you're way better than level me, where these people were like instructors or like running the open mic. So I see them as like uh, more of a like only as mentors. And like, I don't know, I feel weird if I was like, Heidi, are we friends? And what if she said no? But we are friends, though, right? We're friends of Heidi's, right? Yeah, I would like to think so. Like, Heidi, Heidi, like, adores us. But also, it's like, I don't know, what's the student-teacher relationship like as an adult? But she's no longer our teacher. True, true. But yeah. she could be our teacher again. No, she's she's only going to do level two. Oh, I still have a level two. Like, it's just so people are clear, flappers, uh, their <laughs> math system is a little wonky. Because they go from one to two to two, two to two, two to three two. to four to five. Instead yes. of going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. And she told me that um, she I never know. She might one day do level three or level four. So I would do level three with Heidi in a minute. Like at this I point, because we have a relationship with her. We're open being vulnerable with her. This is just a Heidi Stan account podcast. I also I love her, but also I fear that. I'm getting coddled a little bit because that's not the real world. I do appreciate it. I do need it. But I feel like when I go out there, I'm going to be so like being loved and supported. And then I get these people that are going to be disrespectful. I'm not even going to know how to handle myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just like the vibes that like, that. it's just such a community that she builds. And like, I think I thought the same thing of my level one that Paul was instructing. Uh, like, oh, okay. I, I, I feel like it's just like I haven't had the guy that you have, but like I I don't even remember like, his name right now. I'm sorry, instructor. I'm sorry I don't remember your but, name. But uh, like it's such a welcoming community, and like that's like something that I think you're very good at is like collaborating, collaborative, and community stuff. Um, like oh. you're always like you're such a homie. That's like your character. You're always uplifting, supportive. Like even when we were yes. giving feedback, I remember that you would always make a point to like highlight your favorite thing about someone's set and then like try to punch up a couple jokes and then like ending it with a compliment like the compliment sandwich is like a basic thing but you would like not just make it a sandwich you would make it a double decker like <laughs> uh, you, know, you know you know what i don't first of all i started thinking that when you guys always say that i'm thinking that it's not me maybe that we just need more people to be like that but um i see there's god in everyone you know what I mean? And all these people that are sent to you, they're sent to you on your journey for a reason. And everyone has something for you to learn from. So I need to treat you how I want to be treated. And I want to be treated like a king. So I want to treat you like a king. Thank you, Lonnie. You um, do you have other types of media that we haven't discussed, whether it's like books, literature, games, like any other types of things that we haven't discussed that like really shaped your personality and individuality? I'm a fashion um, and then who designer. are your inspirations, like in terms of like oh, yeah, we didn't music even and comedy and acting? Who are your inspirations? I'm a fashion designer. And like he said earlier, I usually have the line dangerous clothes on. I have a shirt for you. Oh, my it's God. On I'm record. So it's, it's right there. I have it right here. Uh, next time I see you, I'm going to give it to you. Perfect. And um, I have one for Heidi, too. But um, I'm a fashion designer. I love fashion. And my um my people that i looked up to this sounds funny for comedy whoopi goldberg and eddie murphy love them for for acting um i love tom cruise and denzel washington and for music i love tupac and i love um who else is like oh james brown james brown's one of the greatest of all time so and everybody in between i love felipe you know this is my journey my dreams and then i had all this vision of what how it was going to be but then now that i'm walking it so many other great people have come into my life felipe i told you from day one that we're going to be friends forever forever yeah. you know what Unless i, mean? I forget what and, you look like and like try to big time you like heidi did <laughs> 
Lonnie came to call us and will. was like, we, will, we, we I'll, worked I'll together before. I'll front on you. We got you on video, so me and you were, we've been doing, kicking yeah. it for a long time. So you try big league me, I'll pull this out right here. Everyone's seen you, you know what I mean? Wasn't that um, humiliating? Um, and I, and it's meeting all these people. I just that is like the greatest influence. Like to me, Dahlia, you, and Heidi, because I had been through like three or four comedy classes, and I really liked them. But when I got around the three of you, you reshaped my ideas on comedy, on how life can be, and gave me aware of a lot of my own blind spots. And I think that we all should work on like fixing our blind spots, making it a good place for everyone. Just like you said, we should all make it diverse and make spaces for everyone and spread love. So yeah. that's me, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm excited to uh, like talk to Dahlia about their experiences in the comedy scene because I also feel like um, Dahlia being authentically themselves, you two specifically have like really allowed me to like go for swings that didn't always work in comedy spaces, but like try things and try to be like authentic to myself and my experiences right. and like allow myself to be the quirky little weirdo that I am. Yeah, the uh, sexy hippopotamus you said. The sexy hippopotamus like Moto Moto from Madagascar too. That's how I identify when people ask me what race I am. And you are sexy. Don't try to, they try to play you out. Everything about you just drips sexy. You know you what I mean? You need to take me shopping though because I don't know how to dress myself completely. Like, I, I mean, I know the action of how to dress myself, but, like, I don't know what works on me yet. Oh, and we're okay, going to we find do that. that. But I think that you, you're fine the way you are. I love how you do your flip-flops. <laughs> it always shows them, you know, I'm I'm a lounger. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm, I'm here to chill. Yeah. It's also because I don't like wearing shoes. <laughs> That's hot. Yeah. Is that, did you live, did you grow up in Brazil? Have you ever been to Brazil? No, I've been to Brazil a lot though. Like, uh, it's like, I've spent a lot of time there. I've probably spent like enough time that would hit a full year of living there, like with every wow. single day, but like, um, not consecutive of course, but it's That's also where you like, need to take me. That's where it's kind of all, that's where you needed to go. You know what I mean? Let's go. Yeah. Then you, you print, let's dress off. like them. Let's get the uh, whole bodysuit and the feathers and then we can just like dress like this. You know what I mean? Love it. We should do. We should do a comedy tour. I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. Uh, where do you? Where does Lonnie Dangerous want to travel with his music, comedy, acting journey? Like, where are some places that you hope it takes him? Egypt. Egypt. Um, yeah, you want to recreate the Prince of Egypt. That would be so much so hype. I I I did twenty three twenty three and me, and it said that I am a descendant of King Ramsey. I would, but I. Checked out King Ramsey. He had 300 wives and 400 concubines. So I was probably one of the concubines, babies. You know what I mean? Like one of his side chicks, kids. Love it. Uh, <laughs> now, <clears throat> but you were like uh, King Ramsey's because you had your main uh, girlfriend and then your ex was chasing you around the Burger King. Uh, she just, I think she just texted, uh, tweeted me that she gives up it's been a year and a half of her calling me five times every single day and texting me and leaving things on twitter threatening all my other girlfriends but i think yesterday she said i had enough like, well lonnie had, had this great joke that's like uh his girlfriend is obsessed with the fact that his ex is obsessed with him and uh yeah. she, they're going to the drive-thru and it's like oh we'll take like two combos and a milkshake for the girl in the bushes <laughs> it's true though it's true it's true um, Lonnie, is there anything left unsaid that you want to get off your chest? Anything you want to share before we get to the plugs and promotions? Any other ways that like media has shaped you and like your story like so far and where you want to go? Uh, you know, I want to talk about this. I would like to see, you know, it's a hard thing that in Hollywood, it's, I had a dream of playing the leading man and in Hollywood, I've realized that a lot of these writers don't write for black men being leading men. It's okay for the black man to be the sidekick, the cool dude who smokes weed, the cool dude who pimps. I would like to see more, and not just black men, Asian men, Indian men, indigenous men, just men of color who are leading men, not getting slapped around, punked out. Just, I would like to see that. And, Hopefully, some of you guys will could write something like that for some people. I mean, even gay men. That would be nice if we had strong gay superheroes. You know what right? I mean? Yeah. Like just, just uh, more opportunities. Also, like 
I don't know, my my soapbox is that like they don't all have to be like with six packs and ripped and super muscular. Like let let there be chubby super burly man. Yeah, yeah, burly man. Yeah, I like that. Like th- they can still be super strong, but also like have a like a dad bod or a beer belly. Like let them I would like to see that. I would like to see that. Uh would he like, still be in shape? Would he still be in shape? I mean, like, he would be like in fight? shape, but like he would be chubby still. Like just because like Fat Man can run too. Hey, you see football Agreed. and players? there's some that are really athletic so that's yeah, football players no are like jacked and but they're also like you got a good point there and the, a muscle man the strongest man in the world they're usually like big dudes they're not like ripped muscle they have like bellies and you know what i mean yeah yeah um I agree with that. that's a Lonnie, good idea where where can people keep up with you um where can they follow your uh comedy and music journey where can they check out your stuff and uh, tell the people where they can keep up with Lonnie Dangerous. Ooh, uh, I'm Lonnie Dangerous on everything on YouTube, Instagram, Lonnie Dangerous on Facebook, TikTok, um, Spotify, YouTube. I have an album out. I have Ambitions of a Writer, one, two, three, and I'm about to do an EP called This is the first time I never told anyone this. This is a secret, but Exclusive. the EP is called Lonnie Dangerous, the sex tape. So everyone has a sex tape. Now I've got one. That's between me and you. But I got a single coming out right now. Don't play me. It should be in s- next month. I want to do a it. video. If you want to get in the video with me, I'll be in the music video. I've never been in a music video before. I would love. But to that's be what, in the that's what's going to happen the next time you're in this new next video. Can I audition for the lead role, or like the s- second lead role that isn't you? Oh, I didn't even think about it. you. Could be the lead instead of me. No, but if it's a story about a black man, I don't feel comfortable being a black man in a music video. Let's say we paint your face black. No, absolutely we give you not. a rainbow wig, an Afro rainbow wig. No, Lonnie, you can be the star of that. You could get Darius if you need, but not me. I'm not going to be doing black. <laughs> no, face. no. I was thinking, no, we'll we'll have you play you. But okay. I never thought maybe you could be the star of the video. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I just yeah. narrate in the background, but the story's about you. We'll we'll, we'll, ta- we'll talk it offline. Yeah. We'll figure yeah. it out the details. But I'm down to be in the music video in any capacity. All right. Lonnie Dangerous, follow him out on everything. Uh, on YouTube, everything. Lonnie Instagram. Dangerous on everything. Yeah. And follow what – I know you already follow <laughs> what the fleet – follow Fleet two times. And then go out and find a friend and tell them to follow Felipe too because this dude is rocking. You know what I mean? Appreciate it, Lonnie. Also, you can check out the Brazilian Dragon on all social media at Brazil Dragon Pod. Uh, thank you to Freddie Luna for our new logo. Go follow his stuff I on like uh, Etsy.shop slash cartoons. Uh, he got us a brand new sexy little Brazilian dragon logo. Um, <laughs> Lonnie Dangerous. It's always a pleasure, my friend. And I cannot <laughs> wait till we hang out in person, hit up some open mics. And yeah. uh, it's been great, my dude. My Likewise. Hey, uh, we're going, hit me up after this Baltimore. We should all just hang out, period. Yeah. My birthday's coming up. We're going to, we're going to. Oh, when is it? July 27th. We're going to go do something. For sure. All right. Peace out, Lonnie. Peace out. Have a great day.